Shopify grows your business no matter how far or big you grow. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. Whether you're selling your fans' next favorite shirt or an exclusive piece of podcast merch, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Allbirds, Rothy's, Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash income, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash income now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Welcome to Accelerate Your Business Growth, where we're exploring all sorts of business topics. Experts from around the world join me, your host, Diane Helbig, for a conversation where they share their expertise with all of you. Take what you need, when you need it. Featured on Inc.com, Forbes, and MSNBC's Your Business, this podcast is recognized as one of the best podcasts for small business, sales, leadership, social media, and more. When it comes to business, Accelerate Your Business Growth has got it covered. And now on with the show. My guest today is Derek Lido. Derek is the author of The Entrepreneurs, The Relentless Quest for Value, and a professor at Princeton University. He's also the author of Building on Bedrock and Startup Leadership, as well as more than 100 articles on innovation, entrepreneurship, and leadership. He also founded a leading market research firm and served as CEO of a global semiconductor company, and he is a return guest. So I am tremendously honored that he is joining us again. Thanks so much for being here today, Derek. Thank you for having me, Diane. I am thrilled to have you here. So um, we're talking today about copying and um, this fascinates me. So talk to me about this. Like you say copying is the key to competing and not innovating and what do you mean by that well first off i you know i teach innovation at princeton so i was pretty shocked to find this out (laughs) to discover this uh and it came about uh with me doing research and to entrepreneurship and Uh, delving into the deep history of entrepreneurship to see where it started and how it evolved. And this repeating pattern kept on showing up, whether the the entrepreneurs were in ancient Mesopotamia or China or in the Industrial Revolution or in Silicon Valley. It didn't, you, you, you kept on finding that when there was one entrepreneur that found something valuable to do, there were a lot of people that started copying it. And that uh, 
ultimately, if you looked at who was successful in, in that swarm of entrepreneurs that developed, it was those that were good keeping up. Yeah, there, were, there was a leader or two. Uh, sometimes uh, they changed positions. But ultimately, it was the people that were the what we might call fast followers who were, were consistently uh, outperforming the uh, average member of the swarm. And the innovation that was taking place within these swarms was considerable. And it was coming from the copying that was happening. So each time somebody copied something that was working for a competitor, they, they couldn't help but personalize it. In other words, hey, I don't like that color. I'll do it with this color, or I will do it with this material, or I'll do it simpler this way because that's easier for me. But with those personalizations accumulating and everybody watching one another to see which ones worked and which ones didn't, you it 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 created this relentless you know pace of innovation within these swarms and it's it's not any individual it's the collective behavior that's creating this that's wild yeah uh, i'm <laughs> shocked oh my gosh so Wow. So it's it's the copying and and customizing that's creating the innovation? Yeah, yeah. And wow. the collective and the collective behavior. You know, so so you think of in you know entrepreneurs as these, you know, uh, individuals that you know are are courageous and bold. And and we should acknowledge them for that, but but ultimately they can't help but be within these collective systems that are all focused on you know this product area or this market or or you know however they organize, and and it's it's being part of that collective that people can't help themselves, but be innovative or give up. Okay. So this goes, does this go along with your definition of an entrepreneur? Cause my understanding is it's, uh, you know, making some waves. So yeah, what, it is, what is it? Ways. Okay. So um, <clears throat> if I, to, to study entrepreneurs as far back as possible, uh, that meant, you know, delving into the archaeological records and anthropological records, and so how do you how do you spot an entrepreneur in in the rubble of a, of a archaeological excavation? You know, how how do you tell from where the stones are sitting? Well, it turns out that you 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 can, but you you need to be pretty precise. It's you can't guess at this, and there are three criteria that you, you look for. And these criteria work as well for spotting an entrepreneur 9,000 years ago as 
determining who's an entrepreneur today. The three criteria are, one, the person is self-directed. In other words, there's nobody that's telling him or her, you know, you're going to do this. You know, I need you to develop this product or what to sell this. Yeah. So right. they're self-directed. The second thing is that they possess and perform a skill that the people around them, their neighbors, their culture, or whatever, consider to be valuable. So they're doing something valuable. But the okay. third thing is that they're enticing people to engage with them in exchange for them delivering this valuable service. So they're, they're engaging and enticing people into exchanging with them. And those, those are the three criteria. You just need those three criteria to establish whether or not somebody's an entrepreneur. And it works for Stone Age entrepreneurs or entrepreneurs 9,000 years ago or, you know, whether or not your, your, your next door neighbor is an entrepreneur. So does that also mean that they don't necessarily need to be on their own? I mean, I know the self-directed part, but could... Uh, they, they could work with others. They, um, you know, most of the time they have others working with them. Um, sure, they can be part of a, a small team. Uh, and, and each member of the team can be entrepreneur. But that said, when you study these small teams, what one person tends to be more of the decision maker than others yeah okay <laughs> yeah, yeah i get i get that sure there's always someone right yeah who drives the boat it doesn't mean don't team right i mean right. it doesn't mean that you don't don't consider yourself an entrepreneur and don't be proud about what you you accomplish as being part of a team but effective teams always have somebody that's the tiebreaker or somebody that, you know, gets yeah. the last word. Right, right. Okay, here's something else that I'm fascinated by. You say that the media and our schools underhype entrepreneurship. And I, before, I, what I want you to do is explain to me why you think that, because it feels to me like it is all the rage and all the buzz right now. And, and almost to a fault where it feels like every young person coming up thinks they are supposed to be an entrepreneur. Yeah. Well, so let, let me tell you why I, you know, okay. say that. And then, okay. and then we can discuss the, you know, the ramifications, but okay. uh, let's play a game that I play with my, my students and just imagine as if, there had never existed any entrepreneurs. Let's just wipe them off the, the planet for now, okay? okay. Right. Well, we'd be left with a world that wouldn't have any computers, or smartphones, you know, video conferencing. We'd, we'd be in a world without any planes, trains, or automobiles. We'd be, be in a world without... Uh, medical devices without electricity, 
without most clothing, most forms of clothing. But but we'd also be in a world without inequity and equality. You know, uh, we'd be in a world without uh, most cancers, diabetes, most workplace injuries. We'd be in a world without pollution, you know, climate change and and the like. So without entrepreneurs, uh, literally this world would be an incredibly hard, dull, and difficult place to live in. And that's assuming that all the governments and all the famous rulers, you know, had existed and all the religions had existed and the like. But when you analyze finally entrepreneurship as a whole and not just as a you know a point phenomenon out of silicon valley or or the like but when you look at it as a whole what you realize is that it's the single biggest force of change on the planet hmm. much bigger than governments religions big business much bigger than big business and so here's this this biggest force of change on the planet. And we don't teach students about this. We teach students, you know, about social studies and we teach students about politics and we teach students about, you know, to remember who was president or prime minister. But, but we, we, we do not, alert them to how important it is, uh, how important entrepreneurs are. Now, in doing so, because we sort of underhype it, okay, yeah. and don't discuss it, we leave open the, the possibilities of all of these oversights, unintended consequences, and some bad behavior, you know, to, to creep into these, to this biggest force on the planet. Because, because we haven't armed our, 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 our students and, and, and the like in terms of what this actually means and what the responsibility, you know, that goes with it. I see. Okay, that makes sense to me. I'm so glad I asked the question. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. My name is Cindy Burnett, and each week I interview at least two traditionally published authors on my podcast, Thoughts from a Page. We talk spoiler-free about their books, so you can listen whether you have read the book or not. And then we delve into things that you most likely won't hear about anywhere else. The importance of the cover design, why they included various aspects of the story, personal details about both the books and the author's lives, and so much more. You can find the podcast on every major platform 
and learn more about it on my website, thoughtsfromapage.com. Thanks so much for checking it out. In your estimation, how do we properly hype entrepreneurship? Well, I, I think we, we need to introduce it you know, fairly early in the educational process, you know, maybe fourth grade or something like that, when people are becoming aware, you know, they're, they're past the, I want to be a fireman stage and they're <laughs> sort of, you know, can distinguish what their dad does and what the mom does and what the next door neighbor does and, and the like, and, and introduce the, this concept of, um, you know, Hey, you can, you know, work for, organizations or you can start an organization yourself and that that's a possibility and do you know that the you know that the impact of people that start their own organizations is is immense so a lot of people do that and um, we you know spend a week just a week talking about that and then you know in 11th grade maybe more seriously talk about, okay, well, here's, here, here's some models that we can um, discuss about how value is created and how an idea can take shape, a tangible shape that results in creating value and jobs for, you know, the you know a handful or a dozen or hundreds and hundreds of people and this is how society is impacted by it now, oh by the way here's how things can go wrong or you know if you don't you know think ahead and and so the you know establish the concept of of what it takes to be a you know a good entrepreneur is is more than just making a lot of money very quickly yeah yeah okay I get that. So in your estimation, what would you say is like the fundamental principle of entrepreneurship? Ah, okay. I think the fundamental principle of entrepreneurship is that it's about making some group happy enough that they gladly give you some money in return or something of, of value in return. And uh, I think that anybody applying that, you know, idea uh, can be directed into how they can literally, you know, be responsible for their own well-being. So how do you make people, you know, the happiest? What do you do? And, and then figure out, you know, how, how to get people to, you know, exchange, you know, entice people to exchange what you deliver for, to make them happy for some money or something valuable in return. All right. That makes sense to me too. So is there anything else that you've discovered since, let's say like the last time you were on the show, which I think was like four years ago? Well, um, yeah, there, there, there are quite a few things. Um, I, I, something that doesn't get talked about enough, okay, is, is be, being a, 
an outsider and being an entrepreneur. So entrepreneur outsiders are, you know, they're, they're around, uh, but, but we vastly underappreciate how brilliant their strategies are in overcoming, you know, the biases or their, you know, constraints that society's place on them for, you know, not being a citizen or being a woman or being some, a person of color or whatever. And so we, we, we don't study, you know, we haven't studied their, their, their strategies, which, which uh, tend to be extremely robust. What I mean is that the, they they have very high probabilities of success uh, because they can't afford to fail. Mm. And, and yet they have all these additional constraints that they need to overcome. So these strategies have to be really, really, really robust to, to overcome them. And remember, you know, at the beginning I said, hey, you know, it was really shocking to realize that entrepreneurship isn't, an individual quest, but it's collective behavior. Yeah. And, and so when women, you know, bind together and work together, uh, or people of color or immigrants or illegal immigrants or whatever, uh, they, they can create very robust uh, in, you know enterprises that take care of a hell of a lot of people and, and very successfully and uh, and they're you know they're it's just not appreciated it's not discussed mm. and yet it should be it should be a very important thing that we realize and help people uh, yeah you know I never would have thought about that but when you say it I realized it, it really is, it's sort of an engine that um, doesn't get enough interest, right? Yeah. That there aren't enough people saying, okay, hang on a second. How is it that when they're marginalized or, you know, outside or whatever it is, they can still be tremendously successful? What, what is that magic? Yeah, exactly. You know, and and you know, we we focus on the you know on the techie that's doing something with AI and the like, uh -huh. and, we're, and we're overlooking the the importance of of these strategies that are being so successfully, uh, you know, utilized in, in under the most extreme conditions to create, you know, these these you know, value creating machines. Is, is it, do you have any insights about that? I mean, the thing that comes to my mind listening to you is, is there something about that collective process that has a strong influence on those groups yeah. being successful? It does uh, because they, they, in some ways, they're less embarrassed about copying one another about what works, right? Or, or so, 
So, it, it, so they acknowledge that they're part of, that they're more, uh, you know, more willing to acknowledge, hey, I got this idea from, you know, so-and-so uh -huh. reading such and such or, or the like. And, you know, it's not this, you know, status game that, you know, often is played with, you know, my technologies, you know, cooler than your technology. Right. That's interesting. Wow. Th this is really fascinating. It, it, it's so um, contrary, I guess, is one word that comes to yeah. mind. I, yeah. I, was, I was shocked. Yeah. <laughs> and I teach this and I study this and I was shocked. So let me ask you this question. If if someone's listening, they're they're an entrepreneur or whatever, and um and they're fascinated by this, which they will be. Um, but is there any sort of um, you know, and they're thinking about innovation. Is there any sort of like guideline around like when it makes sense for an entrepreneur to innovate? Yeah, yeah. So uh what 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 now I'm counseling my students uh is to practice copying and be aware of how they're changing things to make it easier for them to do that copying. To do that over and over again several times. But in doing that, they'll note a pattern about what works best for them. What, what, what huh. is, you know, creating the, you know, more sales or less mm -hmm. cost or faster cycle time or wh whatever benefit in doing that. And then, so they've done it, you know, three times, let's say. And then they, from that, they get the insight into, oh, okay, well, I can do that even much better by, you know, and then that's when started about, you know, investing specifically in, in innovation. Because it, so it sounds like then it, it, it like builds on itself. Yeah, exactly. And then they understand mm -hmm. where they're, they're starting to understand where their innovative, you know, competitive advantage is coming from, from seeing right. what's working by copying others. Yeah. Yeah. This is fascinating. Derek, I, I so appreciate you coming back and sharing these new discoveries and, and revelations with us. Um, it, it's really it, just beyond interesting, you know, I, I mean, really just, I appreciate it. It's got me, the gears in my head turning, um, <laughs> which sometimes is scary, but um, so will you tell the listeners, you know, how they can find your, your books and you and whatever you think, you know, would be valuable for them to know? Well, my books, you know, you can find almost anywhere. Um, you know, know how to spell my last name, L-I-D-O-W, <laughs> uh, Derek. You can go to my website, Derek.Lido, uh, uh, excuse me, DerekLido.com. So that's D-E-R-E-K-L-I-D-O-W.com. Um, 
I'm very, uh, you know, happy to to be contacted by people. So uh, probably the easiest way is on LinkedIn and just, you know, send an invite my way. And, um, you know, more than happy to, to, you know, discuss further what, you know, what I'm finding or to help people apply it and the like. Um, and, and, you know, I've written a lot of articles out there. So Google, they come up in Google searches instantly. Forbes, I, you know, I've written, you know, 60 or 70 articles for Forbes. So I'm not hard to find. I was going to say <laughs> you're everywhere. <laughs> I'm trying to help. I'm trying to it's help. It's so great. It, it really, it, you, you are the kind of person people should be following. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Seriously, because you share, you know, everything you learn, you share. So it's really, it, it is awesome. So again, thank you. And listeners, thank you. You are who we're doing this for. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Accelerate Your Business Growth, a production of Evergreen Podcasts. Discover more episodes of this podcast and explore others at evergreenpodcast.com. As always, continue to prosper and be curious. And if you're looking to get your sales strategy headed in the right direction, pick up a copy of Succeed Without Selling on Amazon or wherever books are sold. Until we meet again on another episode of Accelerate Your Business Growth, goodbye and good day. Hey friends, this is Jim Knight, former 21-year Hard Rock executive turned best-selling author and top 10 keynote speaker. And I'm Brant Menzwar, former frontman of Hollywood's most dangerous band turned top 10 motivational speaker and best-selling author. We host the how-to podcast, Thoughts That Rock, where we talk to rock stars, athletes, CEOs, astronauts, and even next-door neighbors who share their expertise and opinions. Together, we tackle the most interesting and challenging topics of today. Whether you want to learn how to become more confident, how to deal with anxiety at work, or how to write a hit song, or use Brazilian jiu-jitsu in life, we've got hundreds of episodes to help amp up your life and move you forward. Subscribe to Thoughts That Rock wherever you listen to podcasts, and check out evergreenpodcast.com for more information.